On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the long-awaited version 11 of the full self-driving beta finally arrives, bringing with it the long-awaited merging of the highway and city streets stacks. Plus, Tesla might produce a whole lot of Tesla semi-trucks before the year is out. Elon Musk has told the Tesla board who he'd want to replace him if he's ever not the CEO anymore, and more. Greetings, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here with you alongside Daisy the Boxer and Zelina, the future service dog puppy, is in the other room snoozing away. Welcome to episode 381 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for November 20th, 2022. Well, the first week with the aforementioned Zelina is in the books, and I have to say, she is awesome. She's super chill, which I imagine a lot of the uh, canine companions service dog puppies probably are because they're carefully selected to and bred to get for those traits, right? But uh, I have to say, I forgot entirely about house training and how it's not a linear progression. It's an up and down thing. You'll take two steps forward, three steps back, four steps forward, two steps back. I have seen that already in just the first week. Like she was doing really well in these last couple days. Eh, not so much. But our first training class with Canine Companions is tomorrow. We've been working on getting her name recognition down and uh, just some a couple of just fundamental basics. So looking forward to that. Hey, I hope all of you kind Patreon backers at the ludicrous tier or higher enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which was about the five things that I think the full self-driving beta needs in order to level up and get a whole lot better. If you're interested in hearing that, you'd be supporting the podcast to do so in order to hear that by going to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. There are now 23 of those lightning round mini episodes at that ludicrous tier or higher on Patreon. So if you do decide to join and support the podcast on Patreon, you'll have a ton of content uh, and more coming every week. Well, let's get started. The huge full self-driving beta update this week is the long-awaited, and I emphasize long-awaited version 11, and it dropped out of nowhere. In fact, it was not long after I recorded the podcast last Friday night. It is only for Tesla employees for now, but it's out there in the wild. Elon Musk tweeted with a dash of typical Elon humor, quote, FSD V11 rolled out at 1111 Pacific, and uh, it was on 1111, by the way. That's the part he left out. Uh, He continues saying, given all that is in V11, it will take a few weeks to expand the beta, then another few weeks to go wide release to US and Canada. Rollout will broaden roughly every week. And yes, This is the same version 11 that we've been waiting for that merges the legacy highway autopilot stack with the new full self-driving city streets stack. There will be no more switching between the two stacks depending on what road you're on. Now, by my recollection, I had to think back on this one. 
We were initially expecting version 11 nine months ago, back in February of 2022. Now I say that, I wanna be clear, that is not a complaint, that is not a criticism. I fully recognize that this FSD project is a is literally an unprecedented one. That is not, not hyperbole to say that. It is an unprecedented project that no one's ever successfully completed by anyone. In fact, no one else outside of Tesla has even gotten to this point in terms of the system that Tesla's building uh, and you know a non-geofence system. And really, barely anyone else has even tried. Although to be fair, a lot of the automakers are now starting to get what I would equate to a, a basic autopilot that works nicely on the highway. But I think my point still stands. I mean, this is Tesla is is treading new ground here. Is the point? Now you heard Elon say there in the back half of his statement, which was in fact a follow-up tweet. But with this V11 now in employee hands. It's going to be another week or so before the first wave of beta testers get it. Now, the first wave of beta testers, if you're wondering, well, who's that? Is that me? Those are the folks, generally speaking, that you see always posting videos of the new versions of full self-driving online. Uh, those, those, those tend to be the people that, that get the new build first as far as the general public goes. And then it will likely be another one to two weeks after that before the rest of us, the majority of us, in the full self-driving beta program get it. Now, as such, taking all that into account, adding up those weeks, personally, and maybe you're more optimistic, maybe you're more pessimistic, I am setting my hopefully realistic expectation for this for Christmas. That is when I am expecting it to land in my car, in the majority of the of the full self-driving beta testers' cars. I'm hoping that this will be a holiday update, basically, for the bulk of us beta testers. I mean, last year, we got a really nice holiday update that dropped on Christmas Eve, if you remember back to that. And that one had a lot of good stuff in it, both in the FSD beta and in terms of other new features that rolled out to the entire fleet. Now, personally, as I said nine months ago when we were initially talking about this, when we were expecting it back in February, I'm really, really looking forward to version 11 with that stack merge. I don't know how all of you feel, but for me, the legacy highway autopilot stack is just way too passive. I often, I'm usually set for 73 miles an hour because of my, I think it's 12% offset from the speed limit relative offset. So I'm 73 miles an hour in a 65 mile an hour zone. And if the car in front of me is going, just for example, 62 miles an hour, which I weirdly seem to run into a lot around here for whatever the reason. But if the car in front of me is doing 62, well, okay, the Tesla, the my, my car, the Spirit of Adventure, suggests a lane change into a faster lane. Sure thing, let's do that. But then I signal to accept that move, the car moves over on autopilot, and then it takes forever to go up from that 62 miles an hour that we were when we moved over up to the 73 that I wanna get to. It's almost as if the car doesn't realize it's a performance model three. And I know literally 
autopilot doesn't know that. The car knows that, but autopilot is not programmed to know the difference in which model Tesla you have in terms of the the horsepower and performance capabilities. But it, it basically operates as if it's in chill mode. And guess what? It's not. I'm always in sport mode in my performance model three. But fortunately, the reason that I'm super optimistic for this version 11 rollout, in my experience with the FSD beta so far, that stack is much, much more assertive when it makes a lane change and wants to go around a car in front of it. And so that's what I'm most excited for with this stack merge in version 11, because that would cross a major autopilot annoyance off of my list. Uh, And it's not a long list of annoyances. Again, if you want to hear that list of annoyances, I did the Patreon bonus episode about it this week, but that would really solve a significant criticism for me. Now, in another separate software update tweet, Elon gave us an update on the revamped Smart Summon, the Smarter Summon, that the Autopilot team's been working on. He said on Twitter, quote, going without saying that we all want ASS, parentheses, actually smart summon, ASAP, probably next month. So I will hold out a bit of hope here that maybe actually smart summon might be part of that version 11 update that goes out to the wide group that again, I'm hoping we see in time for the holidays, but Given that Elon said probably next month, I think we we have to realistically say there's a decent chance that the actually smart summon slips into early 2023. But you know what? Hey, that's okay. I just want it to be actually useful summon, or if uh, if I'm going to play this game, AUS, with apologies to my Australian friends for commandeering your country's three-letter abbreviation. Uh, I just want it to be actually useful when it is finally released. Next up this week, Tesla chair Robin Denholm said that Tesla might produce a 100 of its all-electric Class 8 Tesla semi-trucks this year. I saw this story on Tesla Roddy, who writes... During her remote testimony at a trial over Elon Musk's payment package from Tesla, Denholm said that the goals tied to Elon Musk's grants were audacious and highlighted Tesla's operational forecasting as ambitious. An example she gave was the Tesla Semi. She pointed out that Tesla could produce 100 of the Tesla Semis this year, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. Tesla plans to hold a delivery event for the Tesla Semi and will invite some of its retail shareholders through a random drawing. Yes, uh, those those invites for the event at the Gigafactory have started going out. Sadly, I have not received one as of yet. I'd love to go. It's a little bit of a drive, but it's within range. I'd be happy to go if, uh, if I did get that opportunity, but I guess I'll have to wait and see on that one. Now, first of all, it's wonderful to hear from Robin. That's just number one, because I feel like she really only ever talks publicly during the annual shareholder meeting. And hey, maybe that's her choice. She just doesn't want to be in the public eye super often. That's I'm not criticizing her in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying it's nice to hear from her. Now, 
Maybe a trial over Elon's compensation package isn't the way she'd prefer to be publicly on the record more often than the than at the sh annual shareholder meeting. But hey, I will take it nevertheless. And on a side note, by the way, say what you will about Elon Musk, and many people are saying many things about Elon Musk these days, but as a Tesla fan and a Tesla shareholder, I think Elon has absolutely, without question, earned his very, I think we could generously call it, crazy compensation package. He doesn't take a salary, and instead, if you weren't around for this, I'll give you the, the quick summary. Years ago, the Tesla board approved a, in a again, as I said, crazy compensation package, tens of billions of dollars. And in order to achieve that, well, or achieve all of it, I should say, he had to achieve 12 tranches, basically 12 goals along the way that would vest at certain milestones. And Elon would be paid out handsomely in piles of shares of the company along the way. And through Tesla's absolutely incredible growth and achievement over these, particularly these last few years, the company has now hit most, maybe even all, I'd have to double check, but they've definitely hit most of those tranches at this point, and thus, in my opinion, Elon deserves to be compensated accordingly. Back when, uh, when this when this compensation package was first put out there, it was laughed at by a lot of the business world. It was like, what? You know, he'll they'll never do that. That's crazy. Well, guess what? He did it. And he, you know, he led the team, the team did it, and he is the CEO, deserves, uh, deserves that compensation. Anyway, this is extremely notable, not just because we get to hear from Robin, but because of that 100 semi-trucks figure. Because there's been legitimate reason to wonder just exactly how many Tesla semis that Pepsi would get at this delivery event coming up on December 1st and whether or not any more of them would be delivered after that December 1st delivery event this year. What I'm trying to say, in other words, is was this delivery event going to be functionally more ceremonial than anything else, kind of like the Model 3 delivery event was at the end of July in 2017, in that no actual customers got a Model 3 for several months. All of the cars made in those first several months, and certainly all 30 or so that were delivered at the delivery event, went to employees. So it still remains to be seen how many units Pepsi is going to receive on December 1st. I did go and double check, and according to Reuters, Pepsi ordered, you guessed it, 100 Tesla semis back in uh, December 2017, when the Tesla Semi was first announced. And thus, it's entirely possible that Pepsi is going to get their full order either on December 1st or probably more likely over the course of December. Maybe it's 25 per week. And they're going to be Tesla's very willing external beta tester on these, similar to the way that Tesla employees were the willing beta testers on the initial Model 3s. Uh, you can't exactly deliver Tesla semis to Tesla employees because I would wager that most 
Tesla employees do not have the appropriate driver's license to drive a Tesla Semi. Rome Strack, shout out to him. He's got one. But uh, you get what I'm trying to say. You can deliver employees, you can deliver Model 3s to employees. You can't really deliver Tesla Semis to Tesla employees for the most part. But uh, I think it's also possible that Pepsi will get a few. I don't know how many that will mean on December 1st. And that other large corporations with large orders, of which there are plenty, are going to each get a few as well before 2022 draws to a close. And, you know, there are certainly pluses and minuses to handling it either way if you're Tesla, right? I mean, you could just put all your eggs in the Pepsi basket and say, hey, we're going to give you all of the trucks you ordered. You're going to give us a lot of constructive feedback as you use them. And then we'll roll any little updates, any little tweaks, any little quality of life things that might need, might need to be added to, say, the interior or the change the seat, you know, something like that. That could be one way it goes because and Pepsi might prefer that they might be they might say, hey, yeah, we don't want just one or two. We want to really get out and have a fleet of these and really put them to use and, and get out there. But I could also see it going the other way of Pepsi saying, yeah, you know what? Just give us a few to start and and then other large corporations with with semi reservations and, you know, a few a few of them each get a, a couple of them as well. And, and maybe it's more of a kind of a grassroots uh, semi-public beta, if you will. So we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see exactly how that shakes out. Now, more interesting testimony. Stop stop it, Siri. I'm not talking to you. More interesting testimony from... uh, What's funny about that is I put Do Not Disturb on my Apple Watch on, and it still happens. So you know what? I'm just going to take this thing off so that it doesn't interrupt the podcast Again, anyway, let me start that next story over again. Other interesting testimony from that same Elon Musk trial, a different Tesla board member, not Robin, says Elon Musk has identified a potential successor as Tesla CEO for if and or when that day comes. I saw this one on Reuters, and Reuters writes, James Murdoch, a Tesla director, testified in court this week that CEO Elon Musk has, in the last few months, identified someone as a potential successor to head the electric car maker. Murdoch, who did not name the potential successor, pardon me, was testifying in a trial over Musk's 2018 Tesla pay package. When a plaintiff's lawyer asked him to confirm that Musk has never identified someone as a potential successor... Murdoch said, quote, he actually has, adding that happened in, quote, the last few months. Murdoch's testimony did not make it clear how specific the conversation about the successor was. Antonio Gracias, a longtime friend of Musk, who was also a Tesla board member from 2007 to 2021, testified that there were conversations of finding an, quote, administrative CEO who oversees sales, finance, and human resources, quote, so Musk can focus his time as chief product officer, which is his most vital function, end quote. But he added they could not find one without elaborating on the timing of the discussions. 
Musk, who is CEO of Twitter and rocket company SpaceX, among others, said, quote, frankly, I don't want to be CEO of any company. Now, there's only one name that comes to mind that would make me immediately and completely feel comfortable about Elon Musk vacating the CEO chair. And by comfortable, I mean even more comfortable than Tim Cook at Apple with the hindsight, you know, in 2022 with hindsight to look back and see, okay, yes, he's shepherded the company to continued good profits and good products. So there's just one person for me that fits that bill, and that person's name is J.B. Straubel. If you're not familiar with J.B., he was Tesla's co-founder and also their chief technology officer, their CTO, up until 2019 from their founding. JB is not a dude in a suit who's good at spreadsheets and PowerPoint presentations. I mean, he might be good at those things. But JB is a brilliant technologist who understands Tesla at every single level. Trust me on this. I've been following this company for many years. I had the pleasure of meeting JB very briefly at, in fact, coincidentally, the aforementioned Model 3 delivery event. And uh, it was nice to, at, at that time, I just said, I just, I had a quick second with him. I said, hey, thank you so much for building the Model 3. I can't wait to get mine. And it was nice. I, I felt, I'm, I'm glad I got to express that to him directly. Now, uh, JB obviously left a few years ago, it was 2019 specifically, but he's apparently still a senior advisor to Tesla. So, it would, there seemingly are not any burned bridges there, at least nothing that we can tell. In fact, when JB left, I went back and looked this up. A quote he, he said at the time was, I'm not disappearing, and I just want to make sure that people understand that this is not some lack of confidence in the company or the team, end quote. JB, you may be familiar, he runs Redwood Materials now, which is a battery recycling company that he founded. But if Elon were to step away for whatever reason and the board offered JB the CEO position, maybe JB would strongly consider taking it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know him. I don't know. You know I, have, I would love to interview him, interview him about this. I don't know what he'd actually say and on the record might be more of an off the record kind of conversation and Considering I don't know him, I don't think he's going to give me that off-the-record conversation. But in any case, JB really is the absolute best person that I can possibly think of in all my years of studying Tesla and covering Tesla week after week. One other name may have come to mind for you, though, and let's talk about him right now. Although, what I'm going to say is, I'm not necessarily sure he'd be a great fit for CEO, because this guy has been a suit for, and I, I, you know, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm just talking about from the understanding the company at every single level level. Uh, that person is Herbert Deese, who was up until very recently the CEO of the Volkswagen Group. And he has been very pro EV. He has, has done a lot to help get the Volkswagen Group really moving forward in a meaningful way on the conversion to EV and the electrification uh, process. 
And so in looking Herbert up, I did find that he has a PhD in mechanical engineering and production technology. So he is clearly not just a business school guy. Again, no disrespect intended to any business school guys out there. And perhaps if he were to be brought on at Tesla and to immerse himself in the products, he seemingly would uh, have that understanding of them at a deep technical level as Elon does and as JB does. On paper, though, I would see Herbert as more of a COO type, chief operating officer, who could handle that administrative side of running Tesla in a really brilliant way that helps the company run as smartly and efficiently as possible, similar to what Gwyn Shotwell has done so wonderfully at SpaceX. Now, to be clear, there's no timeline on this that we public know about. Uh, it could be a one-year-from-now thing. It could be five years from now. Elon's got to get replaced or, or steps down. It could be 10 years, or it could be never. And I'm not rooting for any of it. I just want to be clear. There's no, there's no plan for this. It just came up under oath at this trial. And this is what these Tesla executives said. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, I, I could also see that it only came up maybe if Elon said, well, I never intend to step down, but in case I die unexpectedly, here's who I'd want to replace me. I could see that being uh, a possible origin of this conversation as well. Next up this week, Tesla has improved year over year in Consumer Reports' reliability survey, but they still rank near the bottom. I saw this on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, Consumer Reports has released the results of their annual reliability survey, and while Tesla was able to move up the ranks, the Texas-based automaker continues to rank near the bottom. To come up with their reliability scores, Consumer Reports says they surveyed their members and this year gathered data on over 3,000 vehicles from 24 different brands, including vehicles from the 2000 to 2023 model years. Calculated on a 0 to 100 scale, the most reliable auto brand, according to Consumer Reports' members, was a tie between Toyota and its sister company, Lexus, both of which achieved a score of 72. Toyota was officially given the first place ranking for whatever the tiebreaker was on that. Of the 24 brands ranked in the survey, Tesla landed in the 19th spot overall with a score of 40. This was a four-spot improvement over last year, however. Sitting below Tesla in terms of reliability was Chevrolet, also at 40, GMC at 36, the aforementioned Volkswagen at 31, Jeep at 30, and Mercedes-Benz at 26. Consumer Reports didn't directly address Tesla's score or ranking this year, but did say that EVs were the second least reliable vehicle category in their survey with an average score of 36 out of 100. While they didn't mention Tesla by name, they did mention some of the problems owners of EVs are facing. Quote, as more EVs hit the marketplace and auto automakers build each model in greater numbers, we are seeing that some of them have problems with the battery packs, charging systems, and the motors in their drive systems. 
owners of the Chevrolet Bolt, Ford Mustang Mach-E, Hyundai Kona Electric, and Volkswagen ID.4 all reported some of these issues, end quote. Well, to start off, I, I have to genuinely say I'm very much surprised that EVs are scoring that low overall. But hopefully these are just growing pains, right? In an industry that is, we're seeing it before our, our very eyes, transitioning from one type of propulsion to another, one fuel source to another. Now next, it's certainly good that Tesla's moving up. Let's, let's not take this as all bad. They're moving in the right direction here, and hopefully they continue to do so. Scaling up so drastically in terms of production as Tesla is doing, and I would venture a very confident guess that literally none of the other car companies on the list are growing at the rate that Tesla is. So scaling up so drastically in such a high-speed way and improving reliability at the same time, including things like build quality, well, that's a big challenge that Tesla has on its plate. It's a great position for Tesla to be in, but it's still a challenge nevertheless. Now, I made this the topic of this week's Patreon poll. Again, you can vote every week. I'm doing my best to put the polls up on Tuesday evenings at patreon.com slash Podcast. And the poll is open to anyone. You don't have to be a, a, a backer of mine on Patreon in order to vote. Anybody can vote on there. Uh, and so, the question this week, how would you rate the reliability of your Tesla? So I thought I would do just my own quick, informal, very informal, ride the lightning community reliability rating. Uh, and I did this... I asked people to grade. I didn't use the Consumer Reports 0 to 100 scale. I just said, well, let's use the traditional United States school grading system. Um, now, I and I preface this poll by saying that anybody listening to Ride the Lightning is automatically a Tesla enthusiast and not simply a Tesla owner. You're both. You're an owner and you're an enthusiast because, again, you're kindly listening to what I have to say about Tesla every week. So you're definitely more of an enthusiast than your average Tesla driver. And so in my view, at least speaking for myself, and I think it's probably fair to say this about a, a lot of us here, it that enthusiasm makes us, well, more likely to be enthusiastic about our cars, but also more likely to be critical when something goes wrong, Right. When you really care about something, when you love something, you will express criticism because you want it to be better. You really love it and you want it to be great. So uh, the poll results, 164 votes as of this recording here on late Friday night. Uh, Good to see 62% of those of you that voted gave your experience an A, your reliability rating of your Tesla. You gave it an A on the USA uh, grading school grading system. I voted, or actually I, I couldn't vote. The person that creates the poll can't vote in it for whatever reason. But I did mention in my in the text of the poll that that I would honestly give my experience a B. I've had a full self driving computer fail on me. I've had a few little things here and there, um, and really all of that has been taken care of under warranty. But still, 
So I, I went with a B and so did 32% of the respondents of the poll. So 62%, not quite two thirds saying an A uh, and just about one third giving it a B, 5% C, 1% D, 1% F. And if you're in the D or F category, I genuinely feel bad for you because that must must be a frustrating experience, maybe a lemon law thing, who knows. But um, a lot of great comments on this too. I'm already lingering too long on this, but a good poll this week. Thank you to everybody that participated in that. Now back to the story about the Consumer Reports rankings here. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Cybertruck affects these numbers for Tesla. Since these surveys do cover the company's entire product lineup, they're not just cherry picking the three or the Y or the S or the X, it's everything. They're surveying owners of all Teslas. And then, by the way, there's this little nugget from the Consumer Reports final report that's not specific to Tesla, but you'll see where I'm going here in a second. Quote, full-sized pickup trucks is the least reliable category. This is not just EV. This is every, just the category of full-size pickup trucks with an average score of 30. So I I thought that was worth pulling out and mentioning to you because, you know, granted the Cybertruck is unlikely to be out in any kind of meaningful numbers by the time that this survey is done again next year. So maybe we're going to have to wait until 2024 until the Cybertruck is a meaningful contribution to Tesla's part, you know, the the Tesla survey here, the the Tesla portion, I should say, of Consumer Reports' reliability survey. But if any new vehicle program at Tesla can get past those early quality and reliability issues that are cited in the survey this year, well, I think it's probably going to be the paint-free Cybertruck that's built with massive gigapresses and an origami folded roll of stainless steel. Uh, so that's that's why I think I think this could be uh, very interesting to see if if the Cybertruck helps move the figure, move the number, and thus the ranking up. And on one quick side note, I'm honestly very surprised to see Mercedes score that low, given that at least here in the United States, they seem to be such a a very desired luxury brand. So. That's uh that was a that was a surprise to me. I'm not picking on them. I'm just pointing it out that boy, that's I would not have guessed that they would they would rank that low. Finally this week, Tesla has added another fun new beverage themed item to the online Tesla shop, sipping glasses. I will read you the Tesla shop page description which reads Savor your favorite liquor with a limited edition set of Tesla sipping glasses, 1.5 ounce per glass, and they're three and a half inches tall. Inspired by Tesla Tequila's unique silhouette, each glass is designed with angular contours and an engraved Tesla logo. Display your glassware proudly in a matching metal stand. The price is 75 bucks for this, and you get two glasses in the set. Now, if you take a look at it on shop.tesla.com under the lifestyle section, you can see that they clearly reused the base stand from the lightning bolt shaped Tesla tequila, tequila decanter, pardon me, 
And the sipping glasses themselves are basically the exact same shape as the bottom part of that decanter's lightning bolt shape. And they've got, as the description noted there, they've got the Tesla T logo on the side of each glass. And I have to say, miraculously, one reason I wanted to mention this story uh, is not just because I think these are pretty cool looking. Uh, I went ahead and ordered them myself, even though I don't drink hard alcohol. I'm still going to have fun maybe just sipping wine out of it, I guess. <laughs> but I figured, why not? It's uh, it's fun. But I mention it not just because I think it's fun, but as of late Friday night when I'm recording this, they're still available, which is shocking because uh, there were a couple of other new products that went up this, uh, this week as well. In fact, I believe just today, Friday, a mega backpack, get it, mega pack, mega backpack, a $245 vegan leather backpack, like a really nice looking backpack, available in the same colors the seats are, either vegan black leather or vegan white. But those are already sold out. They're $245. I actually need a new backpack. My uh, IGN backpack that they gave me years ago is is starting to get some holes in the bottom to the point where it's like, I should probably replace this. And these Tesla mega backpacks are really nice. But by the time I could even click on the page, they were gone. Although I have to say, I don't think I would have spent 245 bucks on this. Uh, just, just me. Not, I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just, that's a little rich for my blood, especially heading into the holiday, holiday season when I've got, uh, I've got lots of gifts to buy for members of my family. But anyway, so that sold out instantly. And, and yet somehow the sipping glasses are still available. So my hope is that Tesla's maybe, at least on this product, finally recalibrated their, their supply on something, on a new product in the store based on the demand of previous items like this. But uh, certainly the, the timing of this is very good with the holiday season upon us. So uh, if you are interested, go to shop.tesla.com. Again, click on the lifestyle t- dr- uh, button at the top of the, the menu there, the top of the screen, and you will uh, hopefully be able to add them to your cart and buy them. Hopefully they're still there by the time all of you hear this. And hey, I'll uh, I'll definitely put up pictures on my Instagram once these arrive. I just, in fact, I did just today get a shipping notification, so they should be here. Well, hopefully in time for next week's show. I know the we've got Thanksgiving holiday next week that where there's no mail, but uh, hopefully they'll be here sooner than that. So I will tell you, I'll give you my impressions of them uh, on next week's podcast. All right. That is everything I've got for you in another busy week of Tesla news, but stick with me. I've got plenty more to talk about from your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. If you're starting to do your holiday shopping and you're shopping maybe for yourself, treat yourself to something, Maybe you'll consider the X-Care warranty package for your Tesla. If, like me, your car is now out of warranty, still got that $100 off discount code going, and that code is LIGHTNING. 
But again, tell, I'll tell you about Xcare in case uh, you've not heard this part of the show in recent weeks. The founders of AccelerateAuto.com are former Tesla guys, and they've since set up Accelerate Auto to offer an extended service agreement where Tesla no longer does. That means stuff like MCU replacements, onboard computer systems for the Model 3 and Y, door handles for the older Model S's, AC and HVAC issues, air suspension, and more. That kind of stuff is all covered on their extended service plan once your factory warranty is up. Xcare is built specifically for EVs and offers coverage for up to 10 years and up to 175,000 miles with as low as a $100 deductible. I have got a three-year, 40,000-mile extended service agreement myself. They also offer leasing for consumers, businesses, and public entities that are looking for more creative leasing solutions than a cookie-cutter approach. In fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the term if you so choose, if you love that car and just want to hang on to it. Learn more, find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O.com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use that discount code. Again, it's lightning for $100 off your purchase. All right, time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your questions, your time to shine here and be featured on this podcast. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, please call in. There are two easy ways that you can do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record the question, Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is a number that you can call toll-free anytime. And that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-8752. T-S-L-A. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off this week with Walt from Manchester, California. Hi, Ryan. Just curious if you know anything about advanced autopilot in conjunction with full self-driving updates. When I bought my car in 2018, I did not opt for the full self-driving. Instead, I went to the advanced autopilot. When they do updates to full self-driving, do you know if the advanced autopilot will get updates as long as they're within the guidelines of advanced autopilot? For instance, when I got my advanced autopilot, I had summons and parking. They weren't very good, but I had them. Well, I believe they've suspended them, and I'm not sure when they're going to update that in the fully self-driving, but when they do, would I be getting the advanced autopilot updates also of the same? Give Daisy a pat for me and have a great day. Hey, Walt, when the features you've got get an update, yes, you will get those. 
And you're right that Smart Summon and Auto Park have not been touched in quite a while now. You heard me mention uh, Elon's tweet about that recently. That is now being worked on, and in fact, it is coming fairly soon as we just got that new update this week. But yes, as any general highway autopilot logic gets improved, you're going to see those updates too. The good news is that your suite of features is already the most, I think it's fair to say, stable of any of the autopilot packages. Full self-driving is getting the bulk of the work because that's what needs the bulk of the work. That's the the most uh, the highest ceiling, but the you know the, the most left to do. And now with the stack merge coming in version 11, I suspect I can't say for sure, but I suspect that everyone will get that stack, and it just won't work when it's not on the highways if you do not have FSD. I just think it doesn't make sense for Tesla to use its resources, its limited autopilot team resources to support the old thing along with the new thing. So we'll see how that shakes out. Thank you, Walt, for calling in. Next, let's stay in California and talk to Ethan from Redding. Hey, Ryan, Ethan from Redding, California here. I'm just calling in response to the last two uh, people you got on your podcast last week talking about how their key didn't connect automatically when walking up to their Tesla. If you do go into your your Tesla app on your phone and you scroll down to keys and security, um, in that tab, it does recommend that you change your phone setting so that the Tesla app can track your location always instead of just when the app is open or never. Um, it does say that this will improve performance when returning to your vehicle. Hope this helps. That last bit broke up there, Ethan, but we got what you were saying there. That is indeed a helpful suggestion for everybody to check and make sure that they've got enabled. Thank you very much for calling in with that. Let's stay on this topic. Normally, I wouldn't play two, let alone three calls on the same subject, you know, responding to the same thing. But in this case, the next two callers, first, the first of those is Phil from Kent, Ohio, has a different Good tip for this. So take it away, Phil. Hey, Ryan. This is Phil from Kent, Ohio. Responding to your caller, Alan, from Waco, Texas, he had a question about the doors not unlocking as you walk up. And I think that exclusively has to do with power management of the phone regarding Bluetooth. I've experienced the exact same thing over the years, especially after, uh, on in my case, an iOS update. And then Bluetooth is kind of laggy with my phone. So the fix is if you unlock your phone, even before you walk up, the door will open immediately every time. I've tested it so many times that every single time I'm like, why isn't the door opening? When I press the handle, I unlock the phone and immediately it opens. Hope this helps. Yes, keep these good suggestions coming. Phil, thank you so much. And here's one more, again, a different helpful suggestion, I think, to this same exact topic. Here is Travis from San Diego. Hey, Ryan, this is Travis calling from San Diego. Um, I'm just calling in regards to a couple people that were mentioning on your uh, recent podcast that they they pull the Tesla handle and it doesn't open their doors. And I've had um, my fair share of um, pulling on my door handle with the same issue. And I found a couple solutions or a couple reasons that I, I seem to, or at least that I suspect are contributing to that are 
Um, the fact that my Tesla app is um, the last time I used my Tesla app, it was selected on a different Tesla in on my account. So my fiance's car is on my Tesla account as well. So if I last time I used the Tesla app, if I was on her vehicle and then I, you know, close my phone or have it in my pocket and I go to open my Tesla, it runs into an issue. As soon as I switch it over, open the app and switch it over, I have no issue. And then another issue that I've ran into and I think might be helpful is to keep in mind that the antenna for the the phone is in the side mirrors. And, and I may be um, misinformed about that, but I think that was the case. And so anytime I wave my phone close to that, the side mirror, it tends to, to work as well if that's part of the issue. So just a few things that I found helpful for um, opening my door, if, if that, help, that helps anybody else. All right. Have a good one. Yet another constructive suggestion on this. Thank you very much, Travis. Thanks to everybody that uh, called in on this topic that is is useful to everyone, useful to any Tesla owner. All right, I've got another phone call for you here. This one from Alex in Charlotte on a totally different topic. Hey, Ryan, this is Alex in Charlotte. I'm calling because I recently took an overnight road trip from Charlotte to Dallas, Texas, and uh, it was going pretty well. Uh, during the evening, but as soon as it got really dark outside, the autopilot um, would turn off and alarm would sound and I would get an error message that would say, the cabin camera is obstructed or blinded. Please fix that and then try again. Um, I tried this several times and of course nothing was obstructing the the in-cabin camera um, and uh, it still kept giving me the same error message. I finally found a workaround, which was to leave the lights on inside the car. So I ended up driving overnight uh, with the lights on inside of the cabin. I think it was just giving the uh, giving enough light to my face so that the in-cabin camera could see. Um, wondering if you have heard of that or have a fix for that, or if it's uh, just a service request I need to put in. I don't remember having this issue come up before I... Uh, installed the full self-driving beta, so I'm not sure if it's an issue with that in particular. Um, Any advice would be appreciated. Alex, I think you found the best workaround because it's exactly what I was going to say. Turn on the front dome lights. I mean, just one would probably do it even. You probably don't even need to turn both the left and right or, you know, driver and passenger side ones on. Just the driver's side one is all you need to do. I mean, it may very well be tied to the FSD beta where it needs to be able to see your eyes to make sure you're paying it. I mean, we know it does because it'll it'll hit you with a strike if it can't see your eyes. So I suspect that's exactly the case, and that is exactly the best workaround. Thanks, Alex, and thanks to everybody who took the time to call in. I promise I will get two more Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls next week. Keep them coming. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have you featured on the podcast here. And I gave you the call and instructions for that at the top of this segment. But I am not done yet. I've got a bit more to talk about, plus a pro tip of the week for you coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. 
Before I get to your pro tip of the week, I've got a few things I wanted to mention. First, I know a lot of you always send me nice messages asking how Daisy's doing. Well, Daisy went into a, well, I told you, she was throwing up for like a week straight. And that's thankfully seemingly has come to come to an end. But I took her to the vet and ran blood work to see. So she's had bouts of pancreatitis before where her pancreas levels are too high. Uh, and sure enough, they were back up and I, I went to a new vet long story, but I'm, I'm on a, at a new vet now who seems awesome. And she was just really sincere and really like saying, Hey, we need to get to the root of this. And I think the diet is the root of this. And I explained her heart situation and that she was on grain free and that caused the heart situation. And then we moved to uh, the Royal Canaan boxer variant at the specific recommendation of the cardiologist. And well, that just seems to be not quite agreeing with her GI system anymore. And boxers can be prone to GI issues. So she suggested, she said, Hey, I'm a real big proponent of feeding raw. So, you know, take a look at that. So I did. And, and, uh, I, I'm going to start tomorrow. The, the shipment arrived today. So I'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm crossing my fingers that this is going to be good for her. And uh, we'll we'll see, but it's uh, it's been a little rough, you know. She's the poor thing's been been suffering a bit. She just you know just o- over a week straight of getting up in the middle of the night and throwing up, and some like the other morning she just didn't want to eat her breakfast for a while. Normally she you put food down and she eats it right away. So we'll see. I mean she's she's worth it. It is it's about three times more uh, on the cost. It's about three times more expensive per month than her, her other food was, but so that, that hurts. That's a, that's a sting in the wallet, but Hey, Daisy's worth it. I would do anything for that dog. She's amazing. She's already been through a lot in life for a five-year-old dog. So wish me good luck there. Uh, in more Tesla specific news, I have a couple quick things for you. One, the power wall that I inherited from my cousin, Pat, after he passed away, that's new in the box so long story short, I am going to sell that. Uh, if anybody's interested, I know when I first mentioned this several few months ago, a few of you did reach out. So uh, feel free to email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're in the Bay Area, we can arrange for pickup. If you're not, you know, I'm, you're welcome to arrange for uh, a freight shipping, similar to what I did to get it from Pat's house in Arizona to me here in San Francisco. But yeah, basically, the as we've moved through our solar progression, which I'll update you more on shortly here when I get to the Budget Safe Solar mention of the podcast near the end, it, evidently San Francisco won't permit more than one power wall, or maybe it's for just the square footage of our house or whatever it is, but we, I've now heard this from an electrician, from our solar provider. It's just, it seems to be a thing. And it's not that we couldn't put one up. We'd have to go to the effort to deal with it. And so I thought, you know what? It's in the box. I've already, I told you last week about how I've got to get a a panel upgrade. Thankfully, I've got that sorted out now. That install is happening next week. And it initially looked like it was going to be a big nightmare of $7,000. Now, long, just boiling it all the way down to the, (laughs) the end here. It's going to be 2600 so still adding more money onto this, but not nearly as uh, as painful as $7,000 would have been. 
So that's all happening next week. So hopefully next week we're going to be in better shape. But I think I talked to my wife and I think we're just going to I'm I'm open to offers for that power wall that's still in its box. So drop me a line. You know, I guess I'm just going to listen to offers. I have a number in mind that I think would be fair, but drop me a line if you're interested and, and I'm happy to talk to you. And then one other thing, uh, just on a more, fun, we're going from not fun at all to not super fun to now fun. It was we went, we from, went from the Daisy situation to the Powerwall situation to now something actually fun. The Peterson Auto Museum and the Tesla exhibit that is opening here, I guess uh, t- today, I think, as, as the show airs, I believe, or thereabouts. Anyway, it's about to open if it hasn't already. So I think I've got my date for a for a, a, a meetup, a ride the lightning meetup. For those of you that want to join me at the Peterson Auto Museum, I think I'm looking at November eighth. I know that's I said the ninth last week. I think it's going to be November eighth, right when the museum opens at 10 a.m. Figure we'll take a couple hours, and then uh, and then you know we'll we'll have a nice a nice walk through there and, and get to hang out. So anybody that's interested, again, I know I've had a few people message me. So hopefully you're all hearing this. I will mention this again as it, you know, for the next couple of weeks as this gets closer, but I think that's going to do it. I've actually booked my business travel to LA today. So I and I've I blocked my calendar out for this. So looking at November 8th, which is a Thursday at 10 a.m. at the Peterson to uh to get together, talk some Tesla, hang out and see this beautiful exhibit that the Peterson has curated with Franz von Holzhausen and the Tesla design team. Hey, let me give you an entertainment recommendation real quick before I do your pro tip of the week. The game this week, it's a video game, Pentiment. It's available on Xbox and PC. It is a 16th century medieval European adventure game slash murder mystery. It's very unique. I've just started and I'm about an hour in myself. We gave it a 10 out of 10 on IGN, and we do not hand out 10s particularly often. This game captivated our reviewer, and we are not the only critics to have given this game a 10 out of 10 or equivalent. It got some great scores from around uh, the industry. So if that sounds appealing to you, check that out on Xbox or PC. If you subscribe to Game Pass on either Xbox or PC, it's it's just in there in your Game Pass subscription, so you can you can just download it. But if not, you can obviously purchase it if you are interested. Okay, pro tip of the week time. Let's swing the pendulum back to Tesla here and get a pro tip of the week from Mark in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Hey, Ryan, this is Mark from historic Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, also known as the best hometown in the Army. I have been with you since episode 200, which is a pretty cool first episode. I've gone back and listened to every episode before and after. Thank you for what you do. This is an incredible community. I'm not a Tesla owner yet, but I am a Cybertruck reservation holder and am looking forward to taking delivery whenever that is because I'm sure I'm like roughly one millionth in line. Anyway, I was thinking about the pro tips that you have that are sent in each week. I think it would be really cool if there was a database where all of these existed so new and current owners could reference the database specifically new owners because I think that would be a great tool for them to use as they're getting acquainted to their vehicle so let me know what you think thanks Ryan keep up the good work say hey to Daisy bye
Mark, thank you for the call, and I assure you that Daisy just heard your hello, so thank you very much for that. Good news on your request here. A fellow listener has kindly taken it upon himself to do exactly what you're looking for. You've heard him call in from time to time. Ramey from the Netherlands started teslaprotips.com, which has pages and pages of the pro tips archived from this podcast and elsewhere. So I'm going to give him a plug here because Ramey deserves it. Check that out, and hopefully you and your fellow owners, both present and future, find that useful. And hey, here's hoping that you get your Cybertruck soon as well, Mark. Thank you again. And if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week, please send it my way. You can do so the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, the instructions for which I gave you earlier in the podcast. And let me say hello and thank you to some friends of the podcast, starting with abstractocean.com. They continue to offer the 15% discount for first-time customers, so use that coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. All one word, RTLPODCAST. AbstractOcean.com has a ton of awesome aftermarket accessories for all four Teslas that are currently in production. So just go there, AbstractOcean.com, browse around, see what you like, pile it all in to your shopping cart, and then use that checkout, uh, use that coupon code RTL podcast at checkout for that very nice 15% discount. And then the snap plate, which you can get at everyamp.com slash RTL. That's your front license plate bracket that if you got to do one or you want to do one, this is the one to do because there's no automotive tape involved. There's no glue involved. It's It does go on safely and securely and quickly But when it's on, it's on there securely. You can take it off if you're cleaning the car, detailing the car. Take it off if you're at a Cars and Coffee. Put it back on if you're going to be parked at a parking meter and want to avoid a ticket. That kind of thing. So grab yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Nice, clean, minimalist design blends really nicely with the Tesla front end, with all four Tesla front ends, because you can barely see any any frame, any, you know, support. It's just, it's almost like your license plate's just floating there. And then budgetsafesolar.com, I I sort of mentioned it a minute ago, but uh, my budget safe solar installation is, I told you, it had hit a snag with this inspector failing us again, saying you need to upgrade this panel. Well, the good news is with the help of budget safe solar, we got in touch with the inspector. We've got we're all on the same page. I do. We do need a, a panel upgrade, which is fine because you know what? I've got an electric vehicle, and I, you know, having a a higher capacity panel is a safer thing. It's a better thing. So, um, it, when it was going to be seven grand was the initial estimate, that was not so great. But now we've got it. After going back and forth with the city and with the electrician that that I contacted. $2,600 job. It's going to be okay. And then we should knock on wood because we talked to the inspector said, was this, are we going to be good with this? And he said, yes. So hopefully we'll, we'll finally be able to get our solar activated before too long. That will be a nice celebratory moment that I'll be looking forward to telling you about. But if you are interested in solar uh, and if, you know, if it's not working out with Tesla or anybody else for whatever reason, Go to budgetsafesolar.com and you know, reach out, 
and I guarantee they will help you come up with a, a customized plan for your home. That's really what worked for me, which, you know, Tesla wasn't really able to give me a custom plan. It was more of just a, hey, we looked at your house on Google Maps satellite view. Here's what we can do. And that was kind of the end of it. And that didn't work in my situation. Maybe it will for you. But BudgetSafeSolar.com is working out well for me. So if you do decide to proceed with a solar installation from BudgetSafeSolar at your home or office, uh, please use the referral code RTL. That's all I humbly ask of you there. So BudgetSafeSolar.com. If you're going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area, the greater San Francisco Bay Area, and you would like to treat your car to a spa day, Immaculate Reflections is the place that you want to do that because they're going to take excellent care of you and your car. If you get to see my car at some point, I say with pride, not with not with uh, ego. I say with pride because it's it's all Jeff at Immaculate Reflections has just done an amazing job getting my car looking as good as it can possibly look. And because of his efforts, it still looks amazing, even four years and 48,000 miles in. So maybe you want to do paint protection film on summer all of the car. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating, which is going to be a 21st century wax, you know, so you don't have to wax the car twice a year. Maybe you want to do paint correction to get the paint as beautiful as it possibly can be. Any of that, all of that, go to irdetailing.com. When you contact Jeff through irdetailing.com, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there's a nice little discount waiting for you. And then puretesla.com slash RTL. That is where you can get your nice, reliable dash cam and sentry mode setup. 49 bucks shipped free anywhere in the US will get you a 128 gigabyte micro SD based solution that'll plug into your car's USB port. I highly recommend this. It is gonna be a great long-term solution for you. They also offer a 256 gigabyte version for $69 if that's of greater interest to you. Comes fully formatted right out of the package. Plug it into your car and go. And again, that free shipping anywhere in the US. But if you're not in the US, they will still ship anywhere in the world just for a, a modest shipping fee there. And then they've got the nice wireless controller game kit as well if you do a lot of gaming in your Tesla. So all of that can be purchased at puretesla.com slash RTL. And that brings me finally to the Patreon. I mentioned it a bit at the top, so I'll just make it quick here, but patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Hopefully here as 2022 is already almost drawing to a close, I hope you've really enjoyed Ride the Lightning over the course of this year, and hopefully you've been listening even longer than that. But if you have been listening for a while and you are hearing this thinking, you know what? Yes, Ryan, the time has come. I believe that uh, you have earned my support, so I'm going to back you on Patreon. There are a number of different tiers at which you can back. The basic $5 a month tier, just 5 bucks a month, will get you early access to each week's episode as well as a one-time welcome-slash-thank-you invitation to the next monthly group Google Hangout. That $10 a month tier, the ludicrous tier, that's the one I told you about at the top of the show. That's the one that will get you the early access to each week and the weekly bonus mini episode that I call the lightning round. So hopefully, uh, you know, my hope is you get something out of it in addition to 
you supporting me, which I certainly get something out of because I've got a, uh, a raw food expensive diet to feed my dog from now on. So every little bit helps. I mean, in all seriousness, every little bit helps. And your support, it's, it's obviously, it's totally voluntary. The support, the podcast, I should say, will always be there for you every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, for free on any of your major podcast services. But the Patreon is there. Uh, if you are so humble, if you are so kind and humble me to uh, choose to support me on there. So again, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. If you'd like to follow my posts on Twitter or Instagram or both, I'm on the same handle on both of those social media networks. My handle is DMC underscore Ryan. And again, you can always email me for any reason teslapodcast at gmail.com and I think that'll just about wrap it up and bring us to the thank you shout outs to the upper tier Patreon backers let me start with the Maximum Plaid crew this week these are the folks that uh, in addition to the monthly group Google Hangout, the, the hour long chat we all do each month that we have a that it always flies by, we have a great time every month they also get their name shouted out. They get that weekly bonus mini episode. They get that early access. So thank you so much to all the Maximum Plaid backers. They are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrode, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, and James Gregory. Thank you all so much. Hopefully I'll see all of you at the next monthly Zoom Hangout, which will probably be on, I guess, probably Saturday, December 3rd, that first Saturday of the month. Usually I do them at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. I'll send out the calendar invites and emails about a week ahead of time. I got some feedback actually uh, recently that that someone uh, messaged me and said, hey, I, I didn't get it. And then it ended up being in the spam folder. So I think what I'll do to try and circumvent aggressive spam fil- uh, folders and filters is I'll put a post on Patreon that says, hey, the next Hangout's coming up. Here's the information. Look for your invite. Uh, my, my hope is maybe that simple little uh, thing can, can help more people be aware of it instead of having their spam folders eat the invitation. Anyway, I also want to thank the Plaid level supporters. This, this Plaid tier has been discontinued, but these very kind folks who continue to pledge at the Plaid level, I, I will continue to grandfather them into all the perks that they deserve, including this shout out of their name each and every week. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, 
Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Finally, let me say another hello and thank you sincerely to the Roadster in Space tier backers. On top of everything, they get a monthly one-on-one hangout with me if they elect to choose it every month. Thank you very much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace. Jackson, how is that new Model X treating you? You got to drop me a line. I got to hear all about it. Rolf, he waited so long. Poor, poor Jackson, as many uh, people have waited a long, long time for delivery of the new Model X. Uh, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of Ride the Lightning episode 381. The Thanksgiving holiday is this coming week in the United States, but Ride the Lightning never sleeps. It never goes dark, as if you've been listening for a while, you know that by now. So I will have a podcast for you Next week at the regular time, I'm not going anywhere, no traveling for me this week. So uh, whatever there is to talk about, I will be here to talk about it for you. So join me at the regular, regular time, regular look for the episode as scheduled. And in the meantime, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving to all of my United States listeners. And with that, for a curled up boxer ball over here on the couch, Daisy the Boxer, and a flopped out lying on her back, snoozing, Zelina, the future service dog. I am Ryan McCaffrey. Again, this was Ride the Lightning, episode 381. Thank you all so much for your time in uh, listening to the entire show here. Your time is so valuable. I appreciate you generously giving some of it to me to uh, talk about all things Tesla. And I will see you in one week's time. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.